You're listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 246 for the week of July 21st, 2019. Welcome back to the longest running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. As usual, this is Ashley. And this is Amin, and we're joined by two of our uh, returning guests and friends from Comic Con. I can vector John on the forums. Hey, I'm Tara. I know I have a forum name, and I, I think it's a geek saga. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't used it in a long time. I don't know if, John, if you were in last year's Comic-Con episode, but Tara, you, you, you regularly come every year for a Comic-Con, it seems, to chat with us. Yeah, I, I might have missed one year. Um, I'm not sure which one it would have been, to be honest, but but yeah. I know I was on two years ago. I'm not sure if I was on last year's or not. Well, I wasn't there last year, so I don't even know if we actually recorded one or not. But uh, uh, Yeah, that's what it was. I must not have been on. If, if you guys did anything last year, like talked about it, I probably wasn't on it because you weren't there, so you weren't like organizing everything. Mm. Well, I was there this year, although my organizing skills uh, dropped. Let's <laughs> 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 we'll chat about that. Let's do it. Let's talk about Comic-Con 2019 in San Diego. Why don't we kind of just go day by day and talk about what happened, which uh, I don't think Tara and you and Ashley didn't get there till Thursday, I think, or, or late Wednesday. Yeah, super late. Well, it was actually Thursday morning, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, we, we literally, we must have just missed each other in the airport because yeah. um, we were talking about it the next day. And I think I landed like right around midnight. I, I was supposed to be there at like 1110 and I, I landed right about like 12 or 1205. So, and I think Ashley was there like the same time. So yeah, it was super late. <laughs> Yeah. Well, especially for for me, like it was like 3 a.m. my time. I was dead on my feet by the time I got there. Yeah. Which is disappointing uh, in the sense that uh, the panel was then going to be the next day. Like you didn't have that usual gap to get ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> Pretty much get up in the morning, go get our badges, and then go to the panel, really. Mm. Well, we'll fill you in on what happened on Wednesday because quite a bit happened. The first thing that I went to, my, me and my girlfriend went to the Dragon Ball world adventure which was setting up outside the marriott hotel uh, on the waterfront side it was actually setting up in the afternoon and so i had gotten an email about that that there was going to be uh it's going to be open at 3 30 but press could come in at three for a tour so i had rsvp'd for it and then then they then they gave us like they were really tough on it they're like oh what do you do and and i i sent all the stuff and they said oh i don't think that's really appropriate i'm like okay well you're the guys who emailed us as press, they're like, okay, well, we'll add you to it. So after a lot of <laughs> jumping through hoops, we were RSVP'd. And it turned out we didn't even need to because we just showed up with our badges and we got in anyway. With like, We didn't necessarily even have to have been on the list. They just let anyone with a press badge in. But we went in and it, it just it, it has the website online that shows what they have there. But they basically have all Dragon Ball stuff, like the games, the the figures, all those various things. And you can take photos with the, uh, they had like life-size figures of the different characters there and you take photos there. Uh, but the big event for, for Wednesday was they were going to try to uh, get a Guinness Book of a World Records record. They wanted to, to get the most people doing a Kamehameha at the same time. <laughs> so they had a massive line of people outside there. They had the Guinness Book of Records guy there. But since we were there as press, we, we got the scouters and we got the world record. I think it was 786 people doing a Kamehameha at the same time. And uh, John, you were there, right? But not in there. Well, we were outside the line. We we witnessed it. We did not um, actually fight the line to get into the place. So it was fun. It was like the first thing that we did at Comic Con is the Guinness Book of Records thing. Mm. So it was a lot of fun. We did that. Uh, then we went to meet 
We saw John and Anna actually, right? We had dinner with you. Guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. We well, we we had a drink first, hmm. and and then and then we went and then we uh, saw each other briefly, and then we went to um, preview night. Yeah. How was that? I've never been. <laughs> so pre preview night is basically just the dealer's room opening early, and you get to walk the dealer room floor, but there's only about half as many people in there as usually are. So you can actually move about a little bit. So from that perspective, it's good. Uh, Tara asked me to try to get her some, uh, not giveaway, but... Um, Exclusives? Rare magic item, but I got we got in line. That was the first thing Anna and I did was find that booth, get in line. And we were only like 16, 17 people in line. And I thought and then they said, Oh, the line's cutting off right behind us. And th then we got up to about there were like 10 in line, and all of a sudden the guy comes back and it's like, I'm sorry, we only have 12. So we didn't get the item oh, for Tara. And I'm which, not even sure which... what the item was. I just got to the booth. I wasn't even sure what I was supposed to ask for, but I thought I'd give it a shot. Which, let me be clear, like, I know better than to ask people for Comic-Con, like, exclusives. But, like, this is one of those things where it wasn't a really – it was this vendor called 100% Soft. They're not a big or well-known artist not or Funko vendor. <laughs> right, exactly. And, like – I kind of assumed they had what it was like this. It was basically like a little like chibi sort of uh, dumpster fire statue thing. And I just, I wanted it so bad. And, and, you know, of course I, you know, I'll pay for it. Please don't wait in some crazy long line. I, I know, I know better than that, but yeah. And, and Jonathan, it was the same way every single day they had 10 per day. So yeah. So like it's, it, it's, it's crazy to me that, that they didn't realize that it was going to be, I mean, not even like that popular, but like you guys went right there and you were like, you know, 15th, 20th people of mine or whatever. And they were all out, you know, we actually the, got know. into the room officially four minutes before the room opened. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we, but we, but we weren't in time. Well, because the thing is, I think some exhibitors go to each other's booths and they buy each other's stuff, right? The exhibitors are in there first. Yeah, I I have no idea. I mean. The line wasn't that long, but when they only have 10, it's long enough. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do they need to make it that exclusive or are they just not bring enough of them? Like, don't you want to make a profit? You could sell a 20. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm so still not even sure what I'm still not even sure what this is, Tara. You got to send me a link to what it, what it actually was. I was supposed Yeah, to. <laughs> I will. I will. Well, that's the thing about Wednesday night, though, is that you do have the best chance to do that or to participate in various, like the photo booths or whatever. It is that that's the opportunity of Wednesday night. It's not quite as busy as the other events. The first hour it is for for exclusives, but in terms of, like after that, people leave and you can do those things. It's that advantage for it. Like I did some shopping on Wednesday night when it wasn't so busy for non-exclusive stuff. Um, that was it, I guess, for Wednesday night. We had dinner at the Marina Kitchen, and that was it for Wednesday. And then. Yeah, and I got up at an ungodly hour of uh, 3 in the morning Eastern time to catch my plane, so I was pretty much done by the 10.30 when we left the marina bar. <laughs> okay, well, on Thursday, did you did any of you do anything before the, our panel at, at noon? Uh, we just, Anna and I just wandered the dealer's hall and um, said hello to uh, my mother's caregiver's uh old friend who 
is a storyboard artist and has a booth there and gives demos on storyboarding. He worked on Planet of the Apes, among other things. And uh, that was pr- just chat with him and saw his newest storyboards, and that was sort of cool. But we didn't have time for much else that morning, so that took about an hour, and then we went to the um, went straight to the panel. Yeah, so the panel was at noon to 1 p.m. at the library, our usual place, not the usual time or uh, day, though. But I uh-huh. think it was probably one of our better panels. I don't know. What did you think? I thought you did a great job. I thought uh, the questions were good. I thought your crowd was it was at least, what, 85% full. So I think that was the biggest crowd I, I in the three years I've been going. Um, yeah, it was – last year was was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, like I think, I think, like, like I think it's grown a little bit every year. Um, but this year was, you know, it was definitely pretty full. And I mean, really, because people, people. apparently wanted to complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people had things to say. That's yeah. Right. Did anyone get a photo of the crowd or know the numbers? I didn't actually do that. Like, what do you, what do you think the numbers were? Well, I don't that know what that... been something we should have done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know how many. That... You can't see from the stage how many people are in that room. Um, but I mean, I like, I would, I, if 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 we could, if we found out how many seats were in that room, like I, I agree with Jonathan, it was it was a good eighty five percent full. Yeah, I, I'm guessing there's about two hundred to two hundred and fifty seats in there. Yes, that's that's about right. It's a pretty big room. So yeah. <laughs> So I'd say there were at least 150 to 200 people, depending on what the actual size is. It, it was a good crowd. And as I said, they asked good questions, and they, they weren't totally raving lunatics, um, even though I felt like venting at certain things. I yeah, seemed to have all, all, all the things I was going to vent, other people vented yeah. first. So. Well, it was vented in a balanced way. That's what I liked about yeah. it. But compared to the Anime North, which is out of control, but that was a different time, too. It was like midnight and, and more recent. I thought it was good balance. And like people were talking like about character development and whatnot. They weren't just saying, like, oh, it sucked. They were giving reasons, you know, like this character arc was going in this direction and then, you know, this happened. So... I think the only like frustrating thing is the automatic assumption that like somebody saying, you know, any of us on the panel, especially saying like, we don't like the season or we don't like what they did with Danny's character means that like, oh, we didn't see the foreshadowing and all that stuff when uh, that, that I don't, that's not at all the case. It's, there's a difference between, um, there's a difference between knowing that something needed to go where it went and hating the way it got there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think, well, we have the audio cast, which we'll put, put at the end of this episode uh, of the record, but uh, there's also this year, there was also an article <laughs> written about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, P.S., don't ever go to the sci-fi page and read the comments on that article. Oh, is there actually uh-huh. comments there? There wasn't comments oh. there before. Oh, yeah. Go to the sci-fi Facebook page and go back to when they posted it on, like, Saturday uh, oh, on Facebook, like, okay, yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah, on the they Facebook. They don't bother to put the on the actual Facebook. article. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, pretty rough. <laughs> Are they fans of the show or not fans of the show? Um, it's basically a lot of people saying that, um, the you know, anybody, and not just like us, but like 
you know, cause obviously the article had a lot of stuff in it about people in the audience and the yes. comments they had. So it's like, Oh, fans whining. They have no right to whine. Uh, this, this should like, this got made and they should just be happy that it got made. It, it, it's so it's like, I don't even know if it's necessarily, I, it's probably mostly people who are just big fans of the show, but, um, if you have thin skin, don't read those comments. Yeah. Well, they didn't say. even read the article because if you, if you read the end yeah. of the article, it summarizes how how we were grateful for the show and and so forth. So it's like a oh yeah, title. yeah. It, was, it was very clear. Ninety yeah. percent of these people did not read the article. <laughs> the article was I thought was pretty accurate, except for the quotes that were all attributed to <laughs> Ashley instead of Tara. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just one that was a, that was really badly misattributed. Yeah. Could be that because you came in just a bit later, Tara, so they might have might might have confused them a bit or something. They some, they might have been a mix up partly because of that. Uh, I came in at twelve fifty four, or I'm sorry, eleven fifty four for a noon panel. I was not late. <laughs> just, let's just put that out there. <laughs> you were there before start time, but you sat down to the last. But your name tag was there. So yes, yeah. I, th- I think just the person who, who was writing the, the notes didn't necessarily say who it was. Like it was obvious it was from a guy or a girl, but they didn't didn't write down at the time. Which person, and then they had to just attribute it to one of you two, right? That's probably what happens. So. Yeah, I think they got Ashley's uh, who she worked for wrong too, though, didn't they? Didn't they say you worked for the Geekiary and it's Tara? Yeah, well, I, th- I, I don't think. Well, I don't even think Tara mentioned the Geekiary, did you? So that's why I'm thinking yeah. it maybe got they read like credentials from 2016 when I was there because I no. years ago oh, I wrote. It, might be the, the, it might still be in your credentials for the description of the panel. yeah 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 it's it's um I didn't mention the geeky area just because like I do eight million things and like the geeky area while I obviously still write for them and everything um like I, I it just doesn't really have anything to do with Game of Thrones especially because I haven't written anything about Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire for the yeah, website okay so they must years. have looked at like my my credentials and I just it, it, I didn't realize that was still in oh, there no they they looked at the credentials from this year because like if you look at the panel description it says Tara Lynn the geekiery fire con so it's 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 like listed in my credentials in the description but I didn't say anything about it so they I think it was just a Okay, so it wasn't my fault. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't your fault at all. <laughs> all right. Go sci-fi. <laughs> well, at least the Geek Yeri got a shout-out, as did Ice and FireCon, so that was yeah. the pluses. Yeah, so overall, a good panel, a good audience. Uh, we, there's a couple of podcast fans that were there that we talked to afterward. Yep, I was, okay, because I've only done the panel once before. I will say in 2016, I was nervous. I said some stupid things in my nervousness, and this year, I was confident with everything. With everything I said, I'm, I I don't have any regrets, and I was just a lot more comfortable. And, and I think the panel was better. Yeah, it was, we, I had the PowerPoint, but it wasn't dominating. It was just more to give an outline. Mm-hmm. I, so shout out to Matthew. He's one of the podcast listeners who was there. Asked some good questions. Yep. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. like after the panel, we were talking with people from the audience for so long that they kicked us out. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to, right? They're setting up for the next like, one. Yeah, it was a good audience response. To people who still wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And then I think you still were talking outside for a good <laughs> twenty-five or thirty then, minutes. Then you had to move from the door because they were blocking the door, right? Apparently. <laughs> so, Is there anything so the, before the Orville you want to talk about, or no? Yeah, we went to the uh, panel that Lydia was um, on at the top floor of the library where they debated different uh, 
book genres and specific books within those genres, i.e. fantasy, Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones. And um, in anime, it was Sunny versus Sandman, I think, or uh, not anime. No, uh, Berserker. Saga versus Berserker yeah. versus Sandman. It was Berserker versus Sunny and then Saga versus Sandman. Saga versus Sandman, thank you. Um, and uh, the, the debates were pretty good. It was, and it got, that got a ton of people compared to the size of the room and, and how off the beaten path that was because you had to go up an elevator to the 14th floor of the library and walk on the roof and then find your way into this other room. So that was that was a very good turnout for Lydia. Yeah. And and she brought it. <laughs> yeah, she really did. What was her cosplay? Uh, she, uh, she was in cosplay. cosplay. Um, but I'm not sure what she, who she was in cosplay, but it was Am- an Amethyst unbelievably gorgeous Empress outfit. Or something like that. Amethyst Empress. Amethyst. Hmm. It wasn't the, 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 the panel. Character. The panel. Yeah. The the song of ice and fire, like a world of ice and fire, like mentioned thing or something. Maybe. I, um, like. It, regardless like the panel was really good it's almost kind of sad to me that it was like shoved away at the top floor of the library because it was really enjoyable yeah i guess we we never can break in neither they they or us can break into the main convention hall we've tried (laughs) i I think they just have it you know like podcasts over here and we're just counted as a podcast then then why move the saturday one that was just odd as well i I just except for there was another game of thrones panel either saturday or friday maybe they wanted to spread them out uh, I think wasn't Saturday the Game of Thrones panel the actual official Game of no, Thrones panel? No, it was Friday. It was Friday. It was Friday. Oh, was but it? There was another panel or two that that touched upon Game of Thrones. So it could be that they pushed it back for that reason. I don't know. I don't know. We're not professional enough to get into the main building. <laughs> blah blah blah. I don't know. I saw some of those main building panels. They didn't seem very professional. No. No, there's no <laughs> yeah. room for it, so, too. And if, if we had the main building, I'm just saying the people who click on it, are there's like hundreds more that would come if it's just, you know, a couple minute walk instead of all the way up to the library. But Yeah, agreed. I'm done anyway. I'm not doing the panel again, so it's up to you guys mm-hmm. if you want to do it again. Well, maybe, maybe the prequels be, will be really good. Well, yeah, hey, look. If it is, I'm not going. <laughs> I had my film. So- the Lost panel is still going on. I mean, it's... Uh, That's right. There's no reason why the panel... It's a decade o- over. They still had half the uh, room filled, yeah. so... Maybe John will carry the panel one of these days if we, if we stop going to... Like, the panel will go on. It's It, it could easily be accepted. It's just I'm not interested in going to Comic-Con anytime soon yet, given I've gone there so many times. Well, if, if, if other people are game, I'd be willing to bit go again. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, you know what? Every three years is good, I think. Like, I'll, I'll give it a few years again. Every year I say, I'm never doing this again. And every year I change my mind. So I didn't even really love Comic-Con this year as a whole, but like, I'd still probably go next year. Well, I'm a sucker. The thing, the thing about Comic-Con is that there are certain experiences there and events that are worth it. And let's talk about that because the next one that's big on my radar was the Orville experience mm-hmm. that we went on Thursday. Now, I don't know how you guys, you may have heard about the experience just like it was going to exist. I got I got a press email about that. It didn't say the, the press specific time, but since having learned from the Game of Thrones experience that they often have press specific times, I emailed them to ask, "Are you having a press exclusive time?" Because I don't want to wait in line forever, right? And, and that's how I found out about like the three to six p.m. early time 
for the Orville. So then I found out about that, and I, and I got John and Anna in. I didn't know the rest of you. Did you I know, Tara, you watch it. Do you watch it, Ashley, or did you just come along for fun? I watch it now. You watch it now? <laughs> Yeah, I'm about six episodes in. Oh, nice. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> converted by so the it worked. <laughs> Their plan worked. <laughs> <laughs> so the Orville experience, like the Game of Thrones experience, it, it, they, they rented like a, I don't know, an art, art gallery type building, just like a building there, and, and they built it up. And then we were able to get in as press early at three o'clock on Thursday. So we all saw each other there and there was refreshments, right? Beer and the drinks and food. Mm -hmm. and able to move around without being crowded, too crowded. There was quite a few press there, but it was still good. I mean, I actually went back Friday as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, you were with us too, right? Yeah. 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 We went back Friday. There was no line and there was like nobody. It was like less people. Obviously, there was no, uh, there were no refreshments. Alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was only for that anything. one press event. That's what, that's what yeah. that was. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like we, we, we went we back the a, When we went in the door, we got a sticker. Whereas when we went for the press event, they were handing out hats. They were handing out pins. And yeah. you got a book on the way out. Yeah. I didn't initially get the book because I left early, but thankfully I got that book on Saturday because I wanted my book. I want the world of the Orville. <laughs> it's a very nice book. I've been reading through it. It, it was made yeah, for season one. doesn't have a lot of season two, any season two stuff, I think, but uh, it's good. World of the Orville. And I have, a, I, have a, I have a baseball hat too. Thanks for James for grabbing it for me. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, we, we, we all had baseball hats at one point, so... <laughs> I mean, and if, yeah. if nobody knows what the Orville is, I mean, if you're living under a rock, it, it's if you like Star Trek, you like the Orville, so check it out if you like Star Trek. It is a wonderful homage to the to both the original series and Next Generation by Seth yes. MacFarlane. The first couple of episodes had a bit of too much potty humor, where I think Seth MacFarlane w wasn't sure whether he wanted to totally satirize it or do a homage, and I think he went much more towards the homage to great success. Yeah. Season two is yes. very strong. It, it, Seth actually wanted to do Star Trek. They didn't, they didn't hire him. So he went and did this. <laughs> and he actually hired some of the writers from the TNG Voyager era working on. Producers. Oh, so, and that's a good they, idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brandon Braga is on there. And then they have uh, one of the actors from DS9 is on there as a doctor now. And listen, they, they, they've drawn upon the Star Trek. It's, it's like TNG in today's date, if it was made now. So it's mm -hmm. good. It's a, there's some optimism in there, <laughs> but there's some really poignant stories about modern politics, also and and yes. also ancient politics. So it's mm. it's re it's really at its best. It's really really good. Yeah, like the first I watched the first episode literally like the day after it aired or something on Hulu, I think, and I wasn't I just wasn't feeling it. Mm. But the first episode. I keep saying this. I've said this over and over again the past week. The first episode is not indicative of the series as a whole. Like, yes. it's so good. It's so good. Well, the first season... It's been, it's been a long time since I've been this into a TV show, honestly. Yeah, they, they've really hit it. They, they have good characters. They have good storylines. They're, they're building the universe well. And, I mean, keep in mind, The Next Generation, for example, was complete garbage for the whole first season. And the Orbital <laughs> gets better much faster. Like, you have to give a show a little time yeah. to, to get going. And it does so. You're far too kind to the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's, I, I want to do the Orville experience as one chat, because let's talk about what happened on Saturday as well. Did you all independently get emailed back about the cast being there on Saturday? or did it was, you Yes. Yeah, because you got yeah. the VIP list from, from Thursday. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we found out the cast was going to be there, so we went back. 
and uh, saw the cast. Unfortunately, uh, so did everyone else, so you couldn't get, get too close to them, but they were there. They came in for photos. Although some of us were in a three-hour-long lineup, so we did not go back. <laughs> oh, yeah, what were you waiting for, Ashley? Yeah. You were in front of I was waiting for the... Um, the the room that had critical role um what we do in shadows um brooklyn 99 and oh, nice. death stranding so that's, that's we were in a lineup for a long well that's the room so the the, the lineup obviously was huge because there are people there for different shows mm. but uh we got in or we started the lineup at an hour before critical role we did not make it for Critical Role. We got in for Death Stranding, which was an interesting <laughs> experience. <laughs> um, but Nobody knows well, what it is. No, I still don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't think the actors know what it is either. Um, <laughs> uh, what we do in Shadows is what we uh, what we do in the Shadows is what we were waiting in line for. That's what we wanted. We got to see it. It was great, and uh, we stuck around for a bit of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, like we had other things to do that wasn't what we were there for but since we were already in the room we're like you know what we might as well at least see the cast and everything so we stayed in there for about 20 minutes and then took off Ashley you may want to describe what we do in the shadows is about for those who don't know oh, I, I should let you guys finish the Orville sure we've first. almost done that I just want to, like, the, the Orville on Saturday was great uh, they, because some people came in cosplay and we actually think that they might actually be from the show like the actual like you know um side characters or extras, right? Because they, they were really yeah. good uniforms. And they, they seemed to know what was going on. And they seemed to be organized. Like they were talking with some of the staff. So they came in. And John, you got a photo with them, right? You, you actually got a GIF with them. So I got a couple of photos with uh, <laughs> some Krill and some Mocklins. And uh, then I got a GIF of me Please don't basically call it a GIF. Fighting, uh, <laughs> fighting the Krill theoretically backed up by the Mocklins who didn't do a lot. And it looks pretty silly. and. I mean, if you want to post that to the forums, you're welcome to. If you have a copy of it, if not, I can send you one. Just be honest. Yeah, post that uh, on the episode, I guess, or a link to it in the comments. Sure, put that up. Uh, you were lucky; you got to do yours with a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was good. Uh, the previous night, on uh, the first night, we talked with one of the uh, costume designers for mm. almost an hour uh, about her work on the costumes and. She and Lydia were comparing notes because Lydia's costume caught her eye. So Lydia was on cloud nine because the costume designer for the Orville liked her outfit. Uh, But I'm amazed. They have to turn those costumes around sometimes in as short as a day or two. Mm. So they're creating some of those costumes in no time at all. It's just – and the other thing that was interesting is they they have a a team of costume – a costume team and – Maybe two or three people, all they do is shop. That's their mm. whole job is to shop for things so they can put the costumes together. So sort of things I never thought about. Yeah, I got uh, 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 some of the actors were mingling a, a bit in, uh, on Saturday before the thing. Uh, I got a picture with the two kids, like the doctor's mm. kids. They were there and a few other actors were there. But the only, the only way I would have improved it is, is just maybe brought a few more of those uh, actors to the actual press event where they could have actually mingled without being worried about being swamped. People, yeah, I agree. Because the Saturday, I think there's just too many people. Sure, fair enough, come on Saturday so everybody can see them. But if they're already going to be there, some of them are already uh, panelists or, or a compound for other reasons, why not invite them to the Thursday press event? Like, that would have been the cherry in the cake. But still, I can't complain. It was a great time. We got the Orville book, got an Orville hat, and ready for season three, which unfortunately may not be coming until late 2020. 
Yeah, I heard that. So that's the only bad news of it. But, I mean, if that's what it takes to make it a good, then I'll I'll watch it. I don't want to go down in quality. Well, I mean, part of it is Seth MacFarlane. Doesn't he have, like, three shows on the air at the same time? And he pretty much acts in all of them? I mean, he's doing three shows simultaneously, which is pretty impressive. Well, that's one thing I I took out of the Orville uh, world book. Like, Seth actually wrote a lot of the scripts. Like, he did a lot of work, more than I thought. I thought maybe it was more his idea. And then he passed it on, but he actually contributes quite. I, a bit. I like the fact that he's a major fanboy. Mm-hmm. I bet he wrote Star Trek fan fiction twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Okay, well that's it for the Orville. I think this actually wanted to describe the panel you went to or the background of that uh, thing. Sure. I mean, well that day, the thing is that happened. We were hanging out by the poster for what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. just like hanging out, and then we look over, and there start seems to be like a. Um, people taking photos. Like, wait a minute. A guy with really long black hair. It's like, wait a minute. Is that him? Then more and more people are going up to take photos. And it was like two of the actors were just there hanging out by the thing. So we ran up to try to get a photo, but then his handler took them away. And uh, we just got like in the background photos. We didn't get to take a photo with them. Um, but but uh, it was just really cool. It's like, oh my goodness! Like the day that we're going to go see that panel, and we just happened to see them there, and we were just in the in that spot. But um, the, the line I, lineup con was really fun. <laughs> we knew what we were getting into. Uh, of course, um, you get into one of those super long Comic Con lineups. You don't always see how long it is when you get into it because you're like, okay, we're we're out here for a while, then we're gonna go into the snaky bit, and then we're gonna get inside. But no, 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 like, we're out here, and then we're gonna go around the building, and then down these steps, and then up. The <laughs> other side. It gets a lot longer than you think it is. But I learned how to play cribbage. <laughs> I was there with Lydia and James. They brought a deck of cards. They taught me cribbage, and we. figured out a method to play it standing up um so the line experience wasn't that bad uh we sung a lot of westeros the musical probably annoying many people (laughs) did anyone ask you what you were singing no but we we kind of talked really loudly when we were discussing what we were going to (laughs) sing be like oh this song from westeros the musical and then we start (laughs) (laughs) you can find on youtube So that, that was fun. Like the, the line con was actually, it wasn't that bad because we had cards. And then um, once we got into the sneaky part, um, it was easier just to sit down and do stuff. And uh, yeah, we finally got in about after, I think it was close to three hours. We didn't quite hit the three hour mark of waiting in line. We got in, it was Death Str- Stranding. Um, I, I can't say anything. <laughs> They're just real. Those guys are really into their game, and I don't know that they know what they're talking about. I think it's just like. I mean, I'll be real. Like I've seen some videos, like mm. um, like some trailers or whatever for the game. It looks amazing, like the the graphics and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no idea what it's about. No, and I no think clue. it's been in production for like years or something because I've been mm-hmm. hearing about this thing for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it has. And honestly, I think it was just a bunch of intellectual types that got together and did some drugs and just hung out with each other for six months. I, I honestly, that's what I got from the panel. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, well, what we do in the shadows panel, um, it was a screening and a Q and A. So we actually watched one of the episodes, which I found disappointing because I just wanted to see the actors, right? Because I'd seen the episode already. But um, 
it was the panel right before Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and they don't clear the room. So there was a lot of people camping out for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So you could hear them, you know, having all the reactions to the funny parts, which I loved hearing because, you know, like I wasn't having those reactions because I already knew what was happening. But they played the episode, which was the Vampire Council, which has a lot of guest appearances, and it's hilarious. And then them seeing the audience react cold, like blind reaction to all these uh, vampire cameos from famous vampire movies. It's just great seeing them react like, holy shit! <laughs> that was great. Um, and then it was... I thought it was just the cast of the, of the season, but it, no, it was also the, the movie cast as well, the directors and whatnot. So, like, YTK was there as well, which I was not expecting. So that was really cool. Um, the only thing is, because the panel was half as long, because half of it was for the thing, it ended up being, like, the directors doing most of the talking, and then the cast didn't get to participate as much. And it also kind of felt like the, the, the cast, some of them were not comfortable being on a panel. It really seemed like, you know, you, you got to kind of learn how to do it. Um, cool. And it was, uh, the, the moderator was, I forget her name, the girl from True Blood, as well as Westworld. Um, Tara, you probably know her. Which one on True Blood? The vampire. Or the, the one that was also in What We Do in the Shadows. Is she talking about Evan Rachel Wood? Yeah. She was in True Blood? No, she yeah. wasn't True Blood. No, you're thinking of Anna Anna Paquin. Um, no. Th- no? I mean, I never watched True Blood, but I didn't think Evan Rachel Wood was in True Blood. She wasn't She wasn't in True Blood. She's in Westworld. Okay. It's not the blonde woman whose name I'm blanking on, is it? I'm gonna Dolores. Have to Dolores. She plays Dolores in Westworld. I'm going to have to look that up. But she was not a great moderator. People were excited for her to be there. Not a great moderator. Hmm. Um, well, it's one of the panel. One of the problems with some of the panels at Comic Con is they get over five people on a panel, and you can't fit that in fifty minutes. It's not going to be a very good conversation most of the time. Yeah, it was a very. There's too many people for the short amount of time. Hmm. But I mean, still, I, I was happy to be there. And yep, and then Brooklyn Nine Nine came out. Everyone screamed, was excited. Um, I mean, I'm sure that panel's on YouTube if you want to go see it. Uh, we weren't up close, so we couldn't really see everything greatly. It was just cool to be in the same room with them. So, And yeah. Cool. Um, in terms of uh, for the rest of the weekend, uh, I'll just mention uh, one panel I went to was the Deep Space Nine panel, which was on Friday night. John, you tried to get into that one, right? Just missed yeah, we, we were shut out by eleven people. Yeah, it was pretty packed. Like I was hope I was in the I was in there for, for the panel beforehand and I was hoping to move up, but then like everyone else was there too, so I didn't get to move up closer. It was a good panel, a good discussion. The only negative to it was they didn't have any Q and A time, which is one of the mm-hmm. reasons why you want to go there with if the, if a lot of the cast is there, you're going to ask some questions or hear people ask questions and they didn't have that in there. And it easily could have been like a two hour panel. So that was a little I- disappointing in that sense. I did get to high five Cyric Lofton though. Oh yeah, on his way out. Uh, no, actually, before when I thought I was still getting in, he was coming by and um, <laughs> and actually, uh, well, the actress who played uh, the Doctor and also played Cisco's girlfriend plays the Doctor in the Orville and plays yeah, Cisco's Penny, girlfriend. I, I yeah. Penny Johnson, that's it. Uh, she came out beforehand. 
indicating that there wouldn't be any time for Q&As. Mm. So if anyone wanted to Twitter her, she would be sure to respond to any questions that were Twittered to her. Yeah, I, did, okay. I, I actually did tweet her. I didn't get a response, though. So. <laughs> she probably <laughs> Not had yet. Right? She had too many responses. <laughs> they should have put the time in. I appreciate her trying to fix that. In fact, I wanted to ask her to compare time on Orville versus DS9. And also, I wanted the rest to, to get some more guest hosts here on Orville. Like, they have a good pool of people, so. Okay, just going to pause you right here. It is Evan Rachel Wood, and she was in True Blood, so I was right. Cool. Well, who was okay. she in True Blood? Yeah, who was Her character's she? name is Sophie Anne Le, Le, Le Clerk. It's French. Okay. I like watched True Blood, and I have no recollection of her being in it. <laughs> In three seasons, like 2009 to 2011, or maybe that's two seasons, but... Hmm. All right. Was I'm there, getting old. Is there any other panels or events from the weekend you want to talk about? Uh, uh, we went to the Law and Godzilla panel, mm. which was uh, <laughs> almost too serious. It was still funny, but, I mean, they were pulling out U.S. code and saying this U.S. code would be would apply here and there. Um, some but of it was funny. But looking at Japanese code? <laughs> well, it, they, they, they were talking about all though, right? the different, they were talking about all the different um, Godzilla, various versions of Godzilla. So oh, okay. in, cer in certain, when they were talking about the stuff that was actually in Japan, they were pretty much just talking the law generically. But when they were talking about the most recent Godzilla movie and took, two specific sections of that, uh, they were actually quoting U.S. code, and in one case, Massachusetts code, because it occurred in Boston, which, I, again, I thought was a bit extreme, but, it, but overall it was good. Uh, the other panel I went to that we enjoyed, although it got off to a very bad start, was the Hanna-Barbera panel on the Jetsons. Um, and I say bad because the person who was the lead guest whose name I totally blanking on is one of the original writers for the Jetsons and he's ancient and it was clear at first we thought he may just his mind might be going but then it was clear he just couldn't hear the questions and once they fixed the audio that he could hear the questions his answers were really good <laughs> um, but the first few questions he was just looking at them like he didn't know what they were saying, which turned out to be true. <laughs> so that panel was good. And uh, then I went to a special effects making of uh, Aquaman and um, the X-Men movie. One of the special effects groups that worked on that. And they showed some demo reels of some of how they built the effects. And that was pretty interesting. Okay. Any other comments or discussions on the weekend? I think that was pretty much it until the final dinner, I guess, right? If there's anything. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I had a list of panels I wanted to go to, and I didn't go to <laughs> any of them. So. Yeah, I, I knew I wasn't going to, like, my flight was too early on Sunday that I knew I wasn't going to be there, so I didn't even look at the panels for Sunday. Sunday actually had. had uh, there was only two panels I was remotely interested in, um, but that that was exactly when Lydia had finished dropping you off at the airport, Ashley, so we just hung out with oh. Lydia instead. Cool. 
um, on Friday. I mean, like, I remember looking at the schedule and be like, I don't want to go to anything. Like, everything I want to go to was on Saturday. So mm. it was kind of like, do I want to wait in line con and get mm. into this one big <laughs> one or do I want to try in these other ones? So, and, like, I figured this was probably going to be my last San Diego Comic Con, at least for a while. So it was, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do the long lineup once, just once. Mm. Yeah, so, the last one for 361 days. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Stewart was there actually on Saturday. Uh, we were, oh yeah. We were walking through the exhibitor hall. Like, why is it such a crowd here? He was there signing posters and stuff for the Star Trek. Yeah. And so my friend got his uh, his poster signed. My friend David came down with his wife Claire actually just for Saturday to Comic Con, and so they locked out because they were able to come to the Orville experience with us and see um, the cast there and all that. And then they saw Patrick Stewart as well. Got got their poster signed. So they had a nice. They picked the right day. To come to Comic Con, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's about maybe it. one day. Maybe one day I'll do the autograph lineup. I'm too shy. <laughs> um, I should say, uh, uh, what was it? Friday night or Thursday night? When we were we were at, at night, we were at a bar, and we just happened to run into Jared. Uh, yeah, Padalecki. Yes, from Supernatural. He just happened to be hanging out there, and I was too shy to go up to him, so. Tara's friend Dean just dragged me over there. <laughs> and, yeah, I got a picture with him. <laughs> and I now feel really guilty because Anna saw him and said, oh, could, should, can I go over and get a, have a picture taken or can you do that with me? And I told her, no, that was rude. I, he's here with his friends. I don't want to bother him. And then everyone did exactly what I just told my wife not to. So you guys all got pictures and Anna didn't. Oh, and man. I felt well, so bad. Oh, man. To be fair, (laughs) we did it before he got swamped. He got Um, swamped like right around that time that you you were talking about it, and I I, I, he disappeared after that. So I think that he got he left. Yeah. So anyway, it is what it is. (laughs) Well, I I just want to mention as we as we're wrapping up here that I'll actually put up an album with this episode with some of the photos from the Orville experience, Dragon Ball, and the rest to kind of give people a visual what's there because we've described it we haven't really described in detail what actually was it at each experience so i think that'll be a bit better um that's about it did you want to say anything about the dinner on saturday i couldn't make it but i heard you guys had fun it was epic mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh the place was super loud i got super anxious because i couldn't hear anything that was going on around me and i started just you know doing my introvert thing of closing in on myself but then lydia got us a karaoke box <laughs> So we moved to karaoke and everything was better. <laughs> yeah, it was very loud. There was like ski ball and bowling and music. It was like a little bit much for like a group at first, but like we were all kind of like switching spots and leaning into each other and trying to make sure we get to talk to everybody. And then like, yeah, the, the karaoke booth was amazing. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that uh, nearly as bothersome as the babies and strollers are the scooters. Uh, <laughs> do you have any scooter experiences with people whizzing by you with uh, no notice? Not those, but the babies, the, the strollers in the yes. dealer hall, as per <laughs> the usual, your were You're making yourself and everybody else miserable. Your babies don't want to be there. Trust yeah, exactly. me, they don't. They hate it too. <laughs> so, so the most adorable costume that I saw at, at the Comic-Con was someone had turned a stroller into the Iron Throne, um, (laughs) but then filled it with their dogs. (laughs) Oh, my God. It it was 
two dogs in the stroller of the Iron Throne. So that that was adorable. I didn't get a picture, unfortunately. Or maybe I did. I'll double check if I got one. Uh, and if I did, I'll send that to post also because I thought it was really cute. Uh, <laughs> also, and I'm not I... a huge like uh, I don't usually go gaga over dogs, but that was <laughs> that, but that was fun. Um, <laughs> Babies must uh, be cosplay if you have them there. That, that must be part of your cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Tara and I do have another Game of Thrones related experience as we were trying to cross the street. We were blocked by a row of black sedans. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Just all going by, going into the convention center. And you know what? Every, all the windows are up. You can't see who's inside. We're figuring it's okay. It's probably some guests or whatnot. Then there's one window down in the middle of the group. And Nicholas, Nikolai Costawaldo has his uh, head out. He's just grinning. He's smiling and <laughs> waving at the fans. It just looks like he's having the greatest time. Yeah, I, I just really love how there's this whole cavalcade of vehicles, and he's the only one that had his window down and was like, just like, like I said, like just looked so happy to be he there. Like was, puppy with his do- his head out the window. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he really did. It was the cutest thing. Yeah, I didn't see how the, the main panel actually went. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear anything about that. Like, if it was good or not, the the main Game of Thrones panel. If there's any, I heard it was very, very heavily moderated. In terms of who gets allowed to ask questions and so forth, right? The control. Uh yeah, yeah. Like they they were trying to keep people from trolling, which to be honest, I completely understand. <laughs> I mean, and, and honestly, that's like going back to like what I was mentioning earlier about comments on like the, that side, the, the actual post that of the sci-fi article on their Facebook page. Like a lot of people were like, "Don't hate on the cast and the crew, bubble." You know, like they're talking about the general crew, and it's like you definitely no didn't read the, the article because literally nobody is hating on the cast or the crew. We all know that D and D are the ones who did this. Okay. <laughs> it wouldn't have done any purpose there too. So it would, I, it would be true, uh, true trolls that would have been active there. So yeah, I, I feel like even like during the, I think that we even at some point even says like, no, we're not, we're not saying this against anyone who worked on the show or anything like that. I think we made a point of pointing that out. Like, no, we're not talking about, the crew, we respect what they've done and the cinematography and everything like that was really great. Yeah, I think I, it was fine. I mean, the season g- generally looked spectacular. The one nitpick on the season is I don't understand how King's Landing became a desert, but mm. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, and I don't understand how but, that slipped But it's in. winter. What? It's winter. <laughs> but it's surrounded, that means all the plants it's surrounded die. by water. <laughs> Then, I don't. It's yeah. Woods, it's not desert. It's not just like it's surrounded by water and woods. Yeah, and, no and no mountains. Where do mountains go? Yeah. <laughs> well, even in season one, though, it was it was warmer than expected. It almost had a Mediterranean feel. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up now. If that's okay, it's getting late yeah. for Tara too, right? Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. It's good to have <laughs> you both on to join us today. And uh, check us out on podcastoficeandfire.com on Twitter and DeviantArt and Facebook, and uh, we'll be back with our longest-running chapter reread this summer of A Storm of Swords. So we'll see you next time. Yay! Well, I'm cheering Gen Con for next week, so... (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. You with your, what is it, six cons in eight weeks or...
something like that. Yeah, that, that's the goal. I, I joked um, with Anna that when we retire, 52 cons in 52 weeks, and I just read I mean, I don't even think that's physically possible because, like, I don't think there's, I don't think there are conventions every single week, to be honest. But well, if, if you're a fan of anime, there are. <laughs> there, there, there probably are around the country, except yes. maybe Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. Yeah. Like, there are other conventions. I know in this area there are two conventions every year that that are the same weekend. Blurred Con in DC is the same weekend as Shore Leave is, and uh, Katsukon is the same weekend as um, Farpoint is, and one's in Baltimore and one's in DC, so you could definitely cover two in a week and still get 52 and 52 if you really try. But that, that might be too much. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit for me, anyway. All right. Well, good night, guys. Thank yeah. you so much. Good night. Cheers. Bye. 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 Yeah, I want to put the recording from the, the panel here. Okay. Before we get started, it's kind of good to get a read of the room and see how what people thought of season eight. So, people who really enjoyed season eight, put your hand up. Let's see. Okay. What about people in the middle, like so so? Okay. Maybe the majority. And, and the people that disliked it or hated it. Okay. <laughs> we'll be hearing from all of you during this panel. So. Hey, sorry. It is not noon yet. I'm here early. Yep, you're on time. Okay, everyone, welcome to the uh, panel of Ice and Fire, a song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones. Uh, this is probably, I think, our fifth year doing it. My name is Amin, and I'm from a podcast of Ice and Fire, and also the Bastards of Kings Radio's podcast. And I'm joined by... I'm Ashley, and I'm also on a podcast of Ice and Fire, as well as Ice and Fire Con. Hi, uh, my name is Tara. I am a webcaster, podcaster, uh, creator, and organizer of Ice and Fire Con. Okay, so we have a bit of a structure here for our discussion, but it's also going to be really audience participation in it, so I'll just go over the outline briefly. Uh, we're going to start with chat about uh, Game of Thrones' uh, final season. And then we'll go into spin-offs and prequels, future of the Ice and Fire fandom. We'll talk about some of the other world of Ice and Fire works. George R. R. Martin's works in other genres, if you need things to read while he's working on his sixth book. Uh, Ice and Fire convention and other events going on. So at the end of the panel, we'll, we'll have a formal Q&A. And so make sure you come during that time. But at, in any of these topics, if there's something that's burning, just, just come up there and we'll take your question because we really want to hear from the audience. So you don't have to wait till the end. The end is just a generic Q&A. You can ask anything, any theory or whatever. But if we're talking about season eight, you want to talk about it, come up here and ask a question and, or, or get your comment in, okay? But it's going to really be audience participation here for this. So season eight, thoughts on season eight? The good. Do you really want to start with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the person to start with. Tara will channel the people that uh, really hated it. But it, what, what was good about it? Any any thoughts? I thought like, the battles when you could see them were good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I enjoyed watching some of the episodes for sure, um, or at least parts of them. I mean, okay, Brienne getting knighted. There you go. That was that that whole. At first, I was like. What is all this? What are they just sitting around talking and drinking? This is a waste of my time, you know. But like, as it went on for like, you know, a few more minutes, and they they were like fleshing out their conversations more, and then of course the you know ending that that high point with Brian getting knighted was was really good. Um, 
and like things like finally getting like a little Sansa and Sandor, you know, reunion and stuff like that. Um, like there were some little high points in there um, and big ones, honestly, with the brand thing. But like it just honestly like I, and I think a lot of people feel the same way that or, I mean, at least maybe maybe my my friend group is, is kind of just our own little sect. But like it was just a very rushed, you know, forced season that like. I think that they just wanted to get it done and they did, you know, the show and the actors a disservice. Um, well, I've never been very positive about the show. I've always been less book snobs, so I apologize for that. But, uh, I mean, like, I've, I've kind of made my peace with the show, so, I mean, like, I was enjoying it for what it was. I really liked the battle at Winterfell. I thought it was just fun. Um, I mean, like, if you just take away all logic. But it's fun to watch. And just turn off all your lights in your house. Just, just power. <laughs> Which is what we did. I mean, we were watching it in a big room on a big screen with a bunch of people and, and you know, had no lights on and everything. And it, honestly, the experience of watching it with a hundred something Game of Thrones Sound of Fire fans was like what made that episode great. So, yeah. So, like, so I, I was all right. I was, oh, I enjoyed most, like, you want to see the reunions. That's what I'm dying for in the next book is to see the characters come back together. So I was happy to watch that. Uh, overall, I was just okay about it. Um, and I've been okay with just meh, like for the seasons overall. So I've never had very high expectations. But uh, then second to last episode, and then, you know, <laughs> at that point, you're just mad. Well, the, the Brienne Jamie thing, I think, I don't know if that's going to be in the books or something they threw into the fans. I mean, it was good initially until until he leaves, leaves her in the end. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really think, um, I, I mean, I guess honestly him leaving her, that, that not being like some sort of happy ending, that is, you know, very Martin. But I, I honestly don't know if I foresee their being, like their relationship going that far yes. um, in the books. I, I do think that was a lot of fan service on their part, you know, they're, and I, I don't necessarily blame them for it, but like the, the him leaving thing, I, I mean, honestly, that's that's an entirely different thing that I don't even know if I want to get into. Yeah. So <laughs> any, any thoughts? I want so people that liked it first before it gets people hated it. Is any thoughts like what, what did you like about it, or what's the highlights? Does anyone want to put their hand up or come up? <laughs> no, no one liked it. No, we got somebody oh, back there. Go. Yeah. Yeah, back there first. I think it's a good point on Danny being a villain. I, my view on it is, yes, she can become a villain in the books, but there wasn't a lot of time to get there in the show. I think it was the transition that really shocked people rather yes, than the yeah. end point. Yeah, really. I mean, I definitely, I definitely know quite a few people who were just upset with it and you know, with her being the bad guy. But like, I, I think that even some of the people who at first were really, you know, frustrated or, or mad about it, you know, you. you Rethink it a little bit if you if you rewatch the series or the episode, um, you know, or episodes. Uh, it, there are there are plenty of signs there, like, but they're so sparse throughout 
you know, so many seasons of the show, and, like they're few and far between, really. And and so then all of a sudden, the last season, it's just like bam, bam, bam. She's the bad guy. Like it's it's not so much that she didn't get the throne or that she turned out to be, you know, not you know this 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 great queen or whatever. Um, it's it's that they again, like they did they did her character arc a disservice. But honestly, that's kind of par for the course with like all of the character arcs in season seven. So. Right in the front here, yeah. So uh, how far can you take that with your daddy remain if you would stay on the throne? You could carry it along for quite some time. And, but in order to, to kind of clean the slate, so to speak, that's kind of what they want to do. But they left some dangling chads in order to try to carry it through. So I can kind of see where they're coming from and how they want to just kind of, okay, trying to clean the slate, trying to add more characters, Yeah, I feel like that's why a lot of people feel it was rushed. It's just like, um, I've always thought D D D Danny is kind of going down that path. I think it's pretty clear in the books that she's got anger issues and is not going to take rejection once she gets to the Seven Kingdoms lightly because th they're not going to accept all these foreigners coming in as an army. So, I mean, she is very much facing um, a lot of, Clashing going on with all the lords and everything. I don't. I don't know how they'll solve that. It's. It's got to be another marine knot going on there. But I just like the way that she flipped from you know planning to you know, take the city when the bells ring, stop, and the bells ring and she went crazy. That that's I think that's where a lot of people are mad. It's just, it's it just flipped and it didn't seem like there was a really spark to why. It's such an extreme villain that you could, that no one could should reasonably be sympathetic to her at that point. They could have kept it a little bit more gray. Yes, she's bad. Then that'd be more tragic when she's killed. But she was just so evil at that point. It was just, it's just there's no sympathy for her at that point. Oh, I mean, yeah. her her that whole last speech that she gave was basically like, "We're gonna take over the world. Like I can do what I want because I'm a Targaryen and I have a dragon." Um, it's just and 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 again like. I may I, do I think that I, I don't know if she, in the books she would ever get to that point of like making a speech like that where she's literally talking about taking over the world. Like, here's Pinky, where's her brain? Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I just, I, I, with the rush thing, it's like if they had done t a 10 episode season, and yes, some of these episodes were longer, but they weren't longer enough. <laughs> and I'm using, it, I, I know that's bad grammar, but I'm using it on purpose. They weren't longer enough to make up for it only being six episodes, you know, and, and them cramming all of these changes and everything into, you know, just six episodes. Like, just because the previous um, signs of her being mad were, again, so few and far between. I mean, we had one or two, like, really just her burning Sam's dad and, and, and his brother in season seven and everything. Like, all of a sudden, season six is just bad, 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 bad. Um, and, and also, I mean, her, her scenes with John and everything were just kind of like. <laughs> well, my, my theory is John was brain damaged since the Battle of the Bastards. He was lacking, he was lacking air there. He was almost suffocated. I mean, he died as well. So that, yeah, he's lost his agency. Um, but I, I mean, I'm sympathetic in a sense because, I mean, George himself is struggling to finish the series. He has the time that he can take it. They had to end it. but. It, so I, I get it, it's a difficult ending to land, but it's almost like if you can't do it, pass it on to somebody else to do so. But okay, so any any people that were in the middle or really hated it, any comments here yeah, in the front? I think that 
Yeah. Well, the women and the children were the reason why she didn't go there in the first place. The last couple of seasons, she was just sitting there, like doing nothing because of that. And then they they had won. So then why burn? I, I would get if she went to Cersei's tower and blew that up, but she just started like burning everything. It's like what? And okay. it's, it's the outer yeah. rings too. So like that's the poorest group of people as well. Yeah. Okay, over here first. I think um, I actually I'll disagree on, 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 the, on the what the end point will be because I think the symptom of the Night King being killed very easily or anticlimactic is what caused that. I think is that the others will be de- dealt with after. I think King's Landing and Cersei will be first, and I think they switched that in the show, and that caused some of the problems. One being why everyone seemed to survive being swarmed by zombies or whites, right? They just got up, like I think because they needed to survive to get to part two. 
But I, I think it, in the books it may be the other way around. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see when it comes. I don't think there'll be a Night King uh, no. in, in the books, so the others will be different in the books. But I think that was one of the problems with, with the last season. Uh, I just have a, is the tech guy, support guy here. Is it possible to move this mic up further? Is this, you, you have some really good comments. We're hoping to record it. But when, if you're just talking, we won't catch it. So if we can move the mic up, that may encourage people to come up to it or not. We'll see. You, you, can you come up to the mic as he moves up? Yeah. Yeah, we want to make sure everybody actually like hears the question. So, um, also, we can't necessarily see all of you. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, uh, on, on what happened with Daenerys, you know, I was just thinking there's an interesting comparison between the fall of Daenerys and the fall of Robb Stark. Like the way that that's built up so well in the books, and the way the adaptation of that with him making bad decisions like sending Theon on the embassy mission uh, or the emissary mission to the Iron Islands, and that didn't go well, beheading the car start. There's all these moments where you can kind of, and then when the Red Wedding happens, you look back and you see, oh yeah, we can really see that coming, and it was built up. And it didn't happen that way with Daenerys. It was like 3% of, of the development to that point when her character flips, and then flips in a moment when it doesn't even make sense, like like I said. Like she didn't even have a reason to burn down King's Landing, and we didn't get the build up there. And, and, and the biggest thing I was thinking of in terms of the changes this is just my theory, maybe I'm totally wrong about this, is, is deleting the entire Young Griff plot, which I don't, you know, in case there are people here who haven't read the books and are going to, I think I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to spoil it who haven't read it, but that plot with Young Griff could lead in a direction, you can really see a situation where that could contribute to Daenerys' madness in a way that makes, I think, a lot more sense than what so. Yeah, I, I think the Dornish probably rejecting Daenerys is probably going to be a thing that comes up, and that'll really tick her off. Well, not only young Griff, but even Stannis, I think, may be around long enough for Danny to get there. I think. I think there's going to be involvement there. Like this, they 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 got over, they got over things. They ended storylines earlier than expected. I think. I, I'm I'm fairly certain yes. we talked about the Stannis thing, you know, yes. after it happened. Um, my gosh, I don't even remember what year that was, but yeah, like that's he's another great example of just. Just cutting off something that could have a great character arc. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick question: sure. are, we, are we full spoilering books and everything here? I think I think we can. I mean, the show's over, so yeah. Sure. It'd be quick. My theory is like in book six, like you know, Young Griff's there, Aegon, he's you know conquered a part of Westeros. Somehow he starts interacting with Danny. Like there's a marriage proposal, then it's revealed he's not actually Aegon. Yeah. Really yeah. So that's just my yeah. Idea. Well, he's the Mummer's dragon, right? And I think Danny, Slayer of Lies, will yeah, wash him away and Stannis as well. And now she's yeah. up from right. that moment when she destroys him. Yes. That's now she's heading down that dark path. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Okay, so um, I'm very much team Danny is the Mad Queen, which is why this season was so extra frustrating because the first rule of like good storytelling is show, don't tell, and then they have these giant time skips where it's like, Danny's doing fine, suddenly Danny's making bad, poor decisions again, but this time somebody gets killed. Six months later, she is angsting hard and you're supposed to just believe that she went crazy at this time. And like, I think that's the other reason that like the absurdity of like, of her being driven crazy by these bells is even more angry. I can see. It is even more annoying to me because it's just such bad writing. You're expecting us to do the. They're expecting us to do the character building and like fill in the blanks of that 
dispense into badness instead of showing it to us. Like, I'm sorry, you're the writer. You write it for us. Like, don't make us write the show. But then Varys won't have a part. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is implied that Varys was trying to have her poison. I think I can't. Yes. Oh, oh, not that. even implied. It was yeah. straight. Yeah. It was like straight yeah. up, like without actually <laughs> saying the words. Put poison well, in Daenerys' well, food and drink. Yeah, yeah. Varys <laughs> and Littlefinger. The, the Varys just. It's undone by his own stupidity, Littlefinger. I would have won if it wasn't for you damn kids. Like, just like disappointing to the master well, I mean, players. They, they killed off Littlefinger, so they needed a new. <laughs> they needed a new uh, person to like just do the most obvious stupid thing and then get killed for it. Honestly, at that point, I really just wanted Barry to be like, "Yes, I'm going to poison Danny," and just you know, because that's that's the quality writing we got. And... Thank you. <laughs> Comment and one question. The comment is about something you were saying about how you thought the battle of Winterfell would be totally different um, in the books. In one of the after the show's like bonus thing that HBO does, um, the showrunners pretty much said that they had made all, like Arya being the one they came on their own. Yeah. So I really feel like, and my personal theory was, one of them, I think it's David's wife, Amanda Pete, is like. Yeah, Jamie till the yeah, end. Jamie right? till the end. Like, Jamie yeah. until the, the end. The, yeah. the end, it's like prophecies don't matter, I guess. Like, I mean, fair enough if you want to do it. Rocks are going to be the thing to kill people. But, yeah. Well, I, I think I'm going to with King's Lair to save King's Landing. I don't care about King's Landing. It's the little bird. I actually made a complaint about the pro- the Valonqar prophecy thing, and, and then somebody told me, no, 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 like the, the one, you know, brief... Uh, scene or wherever where Cersei has that flat was that that flashback where Cersei's young and she goes to see Maggie the Frog. Apparently yeah. she like and I, I watched it again. There's no they don't the, the Valonqar prophecy is not yeah. stated the way it is in the book, so they left it out completely. Um, so like, but even outside of that, just you know, you, I, I read some articles where people were making excuses about why Jamie went back. Like oh he's obsessed with her. He's never going to be over her. She's always going to be a part of him. Like. I, but honestly, I think it's just a not just a detriment to like his character arc, but also like it, it just it's a bad it, it's just bad in general because it, it like if you think about abusive abusive relationships and how abusive their relationship was, I mean they were both bad, but Cersei was very clearly the aggressor in a yeah. lot of, in a lot of the abuse. The idea that he just goes back to her in the end, you know for really no good reason is, is yeah. just kind of disgusting to me so they, they, yeah they certainly had pro- they both had problems in that relationship but at least from the book's perspective you can see that Cersei manipulated Jamie into going into the king's yard throwing his life away basically like he I mean he, he also had good parts of that he wanted to do but she manipulated him into that and to see him go back in that and sense I mean was, I don't think that there's going to be something in the books and nor do I think that it should have happened in the show where him and Brienne had some sort of happily ever after like I'm not I'm not a Jamie and Brienne shipper to be honest but mm-hmm. like that said I, I just for him for him to just run back to her arms you know again for 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 what like yeah. he, he's he he gets captured on the way there he's 
lovely, you know, uh, Tyrion, Tyrion ex machina over here set loose and like allowed to go see her and possibly save her. I, just the whole thing was was a mess, and I, you know, the writers can can defend their stupid reasons for doing it all they want, but I honestly think that. I honestly think that a lot of the choices they made, particularly this season, um, and, and not the Danny one, I actually, like we said, do think that would happen, but a lot of the choices they made with character arcs this season were um, were just, they just felt like doing it, like the Arya thing. I mean, and look, you're right, like, I, it's almost, I, I think they said that they went back and forth, and, and in the end they decided, well, who would be the least likely one? Arya, like, they might as well have picked a name out of half. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I'm sorry, who? Podrick Dane? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, the actual Prince of Dorne. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you kind of covered some of what I was going to say, but um, to add on to the Jamie thing and um, her comments about showing and not telling, I, I think what frustrated me most about that is there is something interesting in the idea of a man having a crisis of conscience of like, oh, I can be this person that I was before that's really comfortable. Or I could go be this hero, but I feel like I don't deserve to be this hero. Like that's interesting, that's compelling. And done correctly, I could have bought into it. So it's not that I ultimately disagree completely with where it went. It's just I didn't get anything that told me why it went that way. Um, something like scenes at Winterfell, people treating him like a good man, and him freaking out because he's not used to being treated that way. Or hearing the soldiers talk about what they're gonna do to Cersei, or something like that that kind of gave us okay, he did this thing with Brienne and he's feeling it and oh my God, now he's having a crisis, now he's gonna leave. And I just feel like I don't necessarily disagree with what happened. I think that that could be an interesting story. Look, but I don't know why it happened. Yeah, see, when he first left, I was on the, no, he's just going back to get closure. He wants to be there at the final battle and you know just get closure on the relationship. And how they could have done it is maybe it was originally that he was going back to get closure. He was not going back for Cersei, but then when he sees her, then he has a crisis. I could have seen that happening, but just leaving Brienne just for Cersei, just out of nowhere after all of that, it did not make sense. And nothing seemed to happen to like push it that way. It was literally just, just another snap. Well, I mean, and this honestly, this like goes all the way back to season two where he bashes in uh, his cousin's head uh, and becomes a kinslayer, yes. you know, as well as a kingslayer. Like, like, there was an interview with Penny Applewise, I can't remember who, where they basically said, like, Jamie is a bad man. He is a, he's a murderer. He's a, like, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like, they, they hate, whoever it was, Penny Applewise hated Jamie. And I honestly think this was kind of their last, like, eh, well, we, we had to show you a little bit of his character arc because he's important to, like, this story that I guess we have to tell. But in the end, we're just going to, like, show him, show you guys, like, he's actually a bad man. He's so bad, he's going to say he's bad, and then he's going to go back to Cersei, and that's how it's all going to end. He's going to be, you know, die in her arms. Like, well, it, I, I never it, liked that change in the first place. Like, I mean, he wouldn't kill his own family. Like, exactly. it, it can be bad without killing his own family. There's different aspects to it. So. Some of those yeah. are really bitter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, I, I, I liked the things that I liked about the, the last season. The cinematography was really good. I think the filming. I had uh, luckily had like a 4K TV, so I was able to see everything in the dark. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that was, and honestly, I think that a lot of the ideas and the, the storylines, the endings, like everybody's saying 
could have made sense, but the way that it, it was achieved and got there was, yeah. it just didn't make any sense. It just seemed like they were streamlining and trying to cut, cut corners so that they could get it all done in, in 10, you know, 10 episodes or whatever. Yeah, like, can anyone tell me what Bran's purpose was to cover time? Yeah. Bran is evil. I think Bran is evil. It's like, let's let everybody die in King's Landing, then I'll come on my ship. Bran, oh, I'm here to be king now. Like, Bran's purpose yeah. was to become a meme. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, there's all these build-ups. There's build-ups with Bran and, you know, being this, you know, all-seeing, you know, green, green seer and, you know, uh, all that stuff, and then nothing happens. And then, you know, all this... You know all this buildup of John being the actual, you know, you know, uh, heir, the yeah. true heir to the, the crown or, or the, the the throne, but then nothing happens. And then and then you know various, you know, actually kind of even egging that on by like you know going and sending out you know birds every ravens everywhere to let everybody know. But then by the time we see certain, uh, you know, um, uh, you know the queen at the end, she's he doesn't even know that nobody nobody knows that he's the the true king. Okay. Yeah. You know, like Aaron, like all of these things are happening, and there's all this buildup, and there's nobody, there's no real resolution, and that's what I had an issue. Uh, one thing I did love because I've been in the fandom for probably around 15 years now, so the L plus R equals J was used to be very you know controversial theory that was out there and what i love is that we spent all these years just you know going on and on about l plus r equals j and it means absolutely nothing yeah yeah, so, yeah. or azora high all that like yeah. 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 yeah yeah so i think for us as fans i think that that was just it was just disappointing to have all these different storylines build up all these different character arcs and the only one that really kind of played through i think was theon yeah. like theon had a good character arc and ended up with well, at the end, but other than that, I think it was just, it was just useless. Oh gosh, I changed my brand to Theon. Yeah, if you told me like a few years ago that I would legit cry when Theon Greyjoy died, I would have been like, who are you? Hi. What do you think of Tyrion's arc? Because I felt like he totally like, not make a good decision for like three straight seasons and barely got punished for it at all. Like, he was in prison for like a month, maybe. Yeah. You have to measure by beard length to see how long he was in there, right? Like, I can't really say anything because yeah. he's so different from his book character that yeah. I just don't yeah. like him. Well, just, I mean, it was funny when they brought him in at the end and they're like, you shut up, you're not here to talk. And then he starts dictating like what's going to happen <laughs> with the whole kingdom. It's like, okay, you are here to talk. Yeah, but, I, I mean, like Tyrion in the books is, um, he is a gray character and like, and honestly verging on the very dark side of Grey, if you yes. ask me. He is not a good person. No. He is witty and his stuff is fun, like his chapters are fun to read, but he is, a, he is not a yeah. good guy in the books. And the show, they, they, as much as they disliked Jamie, they loved Tyrion, you guys. Like, Tyrion, he is, he is, he's like a god in their eyes. He could do no wrong. Like even when he was doing bad stuff in the show, they were like glossing it over with like, well, of course Tyrion did this awful thing because like, look at this bad thing he had to go through like two days ago. Like, you know, and I get it. Like the, Tyrion's had a hard life and, and, and maybe, you know, the show writers, I, I mean, that Peter Dinklage, great actor and everything, but, but I just think that they, that character was done a disservice because he was just too perfect. Like, I mean, and I say that with quotes, like as Game of Thrones, the show show characters go, obviously he's still not a great guy, but like, 
um, they, they really just dumbed down his character yeah. so much. Like, he, he is one of my favorite characters in the books because, and the story arc is really great watching him change from the beginning and where he is now. So it just really frustrates me to see, you know, like, and Peter Dinklage could have done that. He could have done such a great job showing that, and, and it's like they wasted it, I feel. Well, that's a good segue. We'll, we'll go ahead first. I'm going to come back, but because uh, Tyrion is a Targaryen, like, we didn't really get any closure on that, I think. The show didn't really say one way or another. Like, I, I, I in particular like the Tyrion as a chimera. He has two different fathers. I always like to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but, we always talk yeah. about that every single year. <laughs> But there was, I didn't see anything. Does anyone think Tyrion is a Targaryen, though, from the books? I want to see, like, or is, is anyone on that board? Because there's, there's, there's a lot of hints there that the Mad King was his father, like, in the books. And that's why Tywin doubted the parentage, and then he doesn't get grayscale, when he, despite the other guy who pulls him out of the water well, does. And, and on yeah. top of that, like, his, Tyrion's, um, you know, him being a dwarf and his general, like, you know, just deformities and everything, the different colored eyes, those yeah. are... You know, in, in the books, like the, the genetic stuff is so like set in front That's of right. you. That's um, right. And 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 yeah, like this is another one of those like L, L, R, R plus L equals J theories that like we've all picked apart for years and and like gone over and over and over again. Like, is he? Isn't he? Probably is. You know, uh, is he going to be a dragon rider? In the end, like in the show at least, they they're. I, I guess it doesn't matter because there's no Targaryen on the throne, but in at least in the show verse, but. Um, are we gonna do that now? Like, is it, that, that, this is when is the next book coming out so that yeah. we can like finally have like a show verse versus. Well, George R. R. Martin's on you know, his blog. He was talking about like I think next summer is, is a convention or something, and he said like if I don't have it done by then, you yeah, can lock we'll me up or something like. Said, yeah. So. But but yeah, so so yeah. like even if even if Tyrion is a Targaryen, I guess I guess the the you know show ending makes it makes me wonder is does it really matter? Does it matter? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think it does any more than the R plus L equals J thing. Well, we ended up with one dragon at the end. That was, uh, I'm not sure, like, yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately there'll be none. Like, that, that's in the books. I'm not sure if there'll be enough dragons. Like, they'll actually replicate or... <laughs> that, well, I mean, it. I would hope that yeah. in the books, Euron yeah. Greyjoy doesn't come around yes. with, like, uh, <laughs> machine gun-style ballistas yeah. that can just... Somehow, like, kill a dragon mid-flight one minute, and then, like, not kill the other dragon that's flying straight at them the next minute. But, you know, it's fine. Yep. Hi, uh... So, yeah, I'm definitely Tyrion's Targaryen. And just because, like, Danny, Johns, and Tyrion's moms all died in childbirth, mm. I was like, I don't know, like, that's just too much. But um, I wanted to say, because of stuff like this, how do you think expectations uh, affected or didn't affect how season eight was perceived? What if I, uh, uh, Ashley and I, I think, we had already lowered our expectations from previous seasons, so we actually didn't. We weren't as disappointed as people that were had high expectations. I mean, after Dorne, yeah. I just stopped caring. Yeah, yeah. That, that well, actually, no. Mine was no. Yeah, Dorne, season five, season yeah. five. Like, I, and I don't know. Maybe it's different for for other people. Um, I, I think I have some friends who just watched the show, and and they they were definitely super disappointed about like you know. A lot more, even like as much as I as I'm complaining about season eight, um, I didn't have high expectations, and I haven't since season five. And, and honestly, that was the point where I had to where I, I separated the books from the TV show in my head and said, if I'm going to keep enjoying this show at all, I have to just look at them as two entirely different entities, book first and show first. Um, you know, and 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 but even then, even with these lowered expectations, it was still like. 
Ugh, and this is the end you give us after all these years. Okay. It's rather fitting that we're just after the Lost podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Well, I mean, for all That's the. That's they put us after the Lost podcast. I'll tell you this: like all the show uh, only fans that name their kid Danny are going to be disappointed now. But Arya is the win, I guess, or yeah, or it's still good. I, I, I don't want to just constantly rag on the show. I will say, like, I, I did start to enjoy the show again when I started watching it with friends. And then mm. if you're in a group, it is a much more fun experience. And if you're just alone there, just picking apart everything on your own, that's not the way to watch the show. You have to watch it with a group of people. That, yeah, that's definitely the social aspect, like, you know, having, like, a dinner together or whatever and eating, watching together is the plus of the show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah, so just in terms of what were, like, some of the biggest missteps in the writing um, in the second half of the series, I think the number one on my list would be um, the Beyond the Wall episode. Let's go uh, kidnap a white and bring it to Cersei. I felt like that was a Scooby Doo plot. Scooby Doo plot done badly, too. Disservice to Scooby Doo. And to get to that point, you know, that kind of year after where we started with like four seasons of like one of the finest adaptations, mm -hmm. you know, one of the greatest stories I've ever told, it was just really sad to me. And then on the subject of Tyrion, I just wanted to mention what I thought was the single just worst, most heartbreaking change that they made in the adaptation, which just ruined me as a fan of Tyrion, was leaving out the Taisha conversation with Jamie. When you get to, you know, Jamie's free hit, and then there's that moment of mm. when Jamie says, you know, Lannister always pays his debts, and Tyrion's like, what are you talking about? And then we just find out all the buildup around Taisha just gets blown open. I I can't remember. Was Taisha ever mentioned in the show? She yeah, was, but they undermined that story that earlier. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so yeah. that's where like the showrunners have laid the track. Like there was that moment where um, Tyrion, Bronn, and Shay were drinking oh, and getting right, to know right, each other right, again right. at the Green Fort, like in season one or two. And mm -hmm. and Tyrion tells the whole story about his childhood marriage, his teenage marriage. Mm -hmm. And so it's already there, and then to, to not have that because to me that was so crucial in who he then becomes in the late. I mean, like, like let's let's be real. The show, um, in the earlier seasons, they laid out a lot of stuff that they just never, there was no payoff on. Um, and I, I think a lot of that, you know, it, it was time constraints. It was probably toward the end, like even budgetary constraints, because you know they were spending all their money on dragons and couldn't let John pet ghosts and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, I think they were also hoping that the next book would have come out so that they could. Yeah, they would. Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah. So they're like they're working with just the most basic plot points that George would give them, and you know, the, between not knowing the fill-in stuff, and then also, again, like just we need to wrap this show up, uh, and and that that, and I don't know if it, it was Benny on the Whites or HBO or a combination, but like. I do think that like we could have gotten this a ten this definitely could have had at least a ten episode season. We probably could have had two seasons more, you know, and still had enough, you know, to go on if they hadn't rushed. Because season seven was a bit rushed too, um, you know, and, and and they could have like there could have been more payoff on some of those you know storylines that they introduced and then abandoned. Um, I, I do have a little bit more understanding of them dropping certain things like that because again adaptation. Um, but but yeah, it's it's it is 
weird, you know, looking back and seeing like, oh, there was this whole thing where Taisha like seemed like she might have been an important, you know, conversation piece later again, and then just nothing. Well, I'll, I'll comment on the Taisha thing because they actually, if I recall correctly, they undermined it back then. Shay kind of undermined it, like, of course she was fake or something, so they couldn't like go back to. They already had undercut it earlier too. I think that was a mistake even back I then. Think that so, happens. Yeah. I feel like that yeah. maybe something similar happens in the books. I, I, yeah. I can't quite remember how the conversation, you know, went in the books, but um, but yeah, I mean, like like Tyrion had had his own. I, I, his, his everything about him is so different in the show that I think yeah. the Taisha thing just probably doesn't, and 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 Jamie's involvement in it probably it just wasn't ever going to matter in the show the way it probably does in the books. Uh, one quick, uh, what do you think of Dave and Dan Dalen on coming here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, today? <laughs> like, so, so they're not coming. Initially, it announced they were coming. Yeah, so they're not, yeah, 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 a couple days ago. Like, yeah, that they weren't coming. Oh. A lot of people are trying to like under like like downplay it. Like, oh, well, neither like the actress who played Miss and I and, and Ian Glenn aren't coming either. It's like, I mean, they probably have. Like, I'm sure. Benioff and Weiss have I, other commitments, but I really think they decided I, I not to come. I was at um, Con of Thrones just last weekend, and they had Nikolai as one of the guests, and he was saying, was like, you know, they, they read the comments too. They, they hear you all. So I think they just, you know, knew what the audience was looking for, and they, they think the audience is out for blood. <laughs> um, I'm going to use this as a good transition, um, to a little bit of the field. I'm actually, I understand, they wanted to go make Star Wars. We got it. They needed to wrap it up. So, and I do think it was very wise of them to go. You know what? We probably don't need to come talk about <laughs> But I will say, I don't think that they expected to have to finish George's story. Yeah. And I feel that they kind of were like, they were like, we weren't expecting to have to finish this this story. And they clearly are not as skilled and talented of a, in, in a storyteller as George is. So he's at a totally different level. So I, 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 without cutting them slack for completely breaking my heart and destroying the theory, um, <laughs> now pretend like aliens, anything after aliens do doesn't exist. So that's kind of feel like the latter seasons of Game of Thrones. But I want to say that I appreciate them bringing it. I had no, I didn't know what Game of Thrones, but my husband sat me into that with a baby. But he sat me down after the first couple episodes and was like, you need to watch this, it's going to be great. I lost my mind and I have read them multiple times. I've watched the series multiple times, so as much as we want to rag on them for, again, completely just destroying the book we, we love so much, um, I still have to say that they recognize an amazing story and brought it to us, and I appreciate them for that. How they ended it, not so much, but I just want to throw that out there because I know we're all angry. Oh, no, no, and, and actually but I was I, reading... And, but I just want to throw some love because I would have never been introduced had they not have had the yeah. to take it to HBO and to do the thing, so that's my PR piece. Well, I was reading. I was actually reading a craft article earlier today. I think yeah, earlier today. Um, that that was basically like you know five five reasons why we don't give Game of Thrones enough credit. And the biggest the biggest one is like no matter how disappointed you are in you know what happened or how they ended it or how they wrote things or how they ruined your favorite character. And and I'm I'm in all of those books. No matter how disappointed you are in in those things, like and even if you were like me and you read the books first or you know like. You didn't, 
I never, you, we never thought we were going to get a TV show of this magnitude. We never thought we were going to get anything, period, but certainly not something of this magnitude. And, you know, they did, there was so much of it that they did very well, especially in the earlier seasons. But even, I mean, God, like the, the, the dragon dance in the Battle of Winterfell episode was like, I never thought I would see that. That's amazing. Like, and, and the fact that it opened up this, this, fantasy series that was honestly like, if you look back at the old covers of the Song of Ice and Fire books, like if I had seen that in a bookstore like when I was in high school when it came out, I would have been like, what is this junk? Dragons and half naked blonde women on the cover. Who wants <laughs> Should see like the German titles. It's like Conan yeah. and Barbarian. So, so, so like, like it, it really made it more of like a mainstream thing and it brought so many people into the fandom and it, it has um, you know, as, as with any fandom, there's, there's you know, bad points to it. There's people who act like jerks, whatever. But in general, like, um, you get yourself in the right circles, and, and this can be a really great, you know, great group of fans to be involved in. And, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, shoot, I, for one, like, my entire life is, is different than I ever would have expected it to be because of this show and, and these books, so... Well, if you read uh, or if you watch some of their earlier interviews too, they were very focused on the Red Wedding. That's where they really wanted to get to. And then after that, also, they started running out of material. So they were very passionate at that point. So we got 10 minutes left. So I think maybe we'll go to some of the later slides first just to make sure we go through them and what we're involved in. Yeah, we can come back to prequels afterward. Um, so we're talking about like, what, where is the fandom going here? Like we have some different podcasts available if you're interested in the books. Also, like if you're doing. I mean, there's, there's actually a bunch of people doing rereads right now. Um, the History of Westeros is doing, oh gosh, they've got like a Valor Rereadist, I think is what they're calling it. Um, and I think they do like webcasts or live webcasts or something every week, I believe. Um, and then you've got like Girls Gone Canon, which does POV by POV. And then um, not a podcast, which I believe is just in order. And there, there's quite a few other ones. I mean, there's, there's tons and tons yeah. of podcasts out there now. Yeah. You can find anything you want, pretty much. And, and honestly, like, I do think that unless the next, and, and I'm not bashing anything or rushing anything, but unless the next book comes out, like, within the next year, year and a half, I there is a good chance that things are going, the fandom is going to kind of settle into a sort of stasis, but I, I don't think it's long lasting. I do think the book will come out eventually. Obviously we've got the prequel that, that they're already working on that's going to, I, it, it's not going to just air a pilot. We'll at least get a season, probably more because I can't imagine that it will be, you know, completely unsuccessful, so. Okay, let's see what else we got here. So we have some other works that are, or you can, pass the time with. Has anyone read The World of Ice and Fire? It's basically, yeah, it's like an uh, encyclopedia type book with really good artwork. If you, in there. If you can't get enough of this world, you, you have to read <laughs> that book. Like, I love that book. I, I probably would take that book over uh, the next <laughs> winter, winter, to be honest, because I just love the history, dark history. World history will just annoy you because it gives you more mysteries than answers, but it, it's great. Yeah, we actually did an interview with the co-writers that helped write that book, too. It was pretty good when it came out in 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, the Hedge Knight series is really good. Anyone read the Hedge Knight series? It's like 80 or 90 years in the past. There's different forms. There's graphic novel form, or you can read in the short story. Yeah, and, it's uh, actually, they've got them collected into one book, then they've got the novellas, and then they've got the, the graphic novels. So, like, if you're looking for something different, the graphic novels are a cool way to read some more, you know, Song of Ice yeah. and Fire. So. And I, I think a lot of people are crossing their fingers that that's going to be one of the prequels they're talking about. 
Well, that was the hope, but it's, we have we have no we news of that, unfortunately. Yeah. But it is it is material that is there that could be used in the universe. It's good. Brienne's ancestor is in there. So. <laughs> uh, then there's a cookbook for the people who like to cook. But make sure you know how to cook because this it's complicated. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, I tried it, failed. <laughs> I, I've made like a bunch of recipes from. But to be fair, like I worked yeah. in the restaurant industry for many years as a prep chef, so like. They're, they're hard though, like even for me. And, and actually a lot of it is like finding some of the ingredients. I mean, yes. especially where I live. I live in South Carolina, so good luck. Yeah, well they have two forms in there often. They have like the medieval uh, medieval style one, which is like yeah. more complicated than the modern one, but it still doesn't walk you through. Like you need to know yeah, the cooking yeah, techniques. Yeah, you need to, to know some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone play the board game at all? Yeah. Anyone board game? Yeah, that's a good one. There was a Mother of Dragons expansion just came out. Uh, there's a lot of history with the game, different versions of it. I like the four player. Feast for Crows. Um, actually, I think I may have a, a link for that. Do I have it in here? Uh, if, if you search, um, if you, if, let's see if I have it in there, sorry. I think it's in there. I remember seeing it. Here it is, yeah. So if you're, if you're a fan of the board game, uh, go to that site if you, if you don't mind. We're, we're doing a survey to get support for it because there's no official tournament. So we're trying to get people to, to fill out the survey and say, like, if you want a tournament, what kind of tournament? And just, we'll get, I have contacts at Fantasy Flight Games that make the game, so, but we, we need the fandom to show interest in it to have an official tournament, so. Yeah, okay, let's go back to, and there's other games as well. I mean, there's a trivia game. Anyone play the trivia game? <laughs> it's show-based, right? So it can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. I highly suggest um, yeah. the Monopoly one. Yeah, the, the trivia one. The, the trivia ones are always, like, they're hard. They get, yes. they have to search for, like, questions. So, like, you could know a crap ton of stuff, but, like, you're still going to not get, like, half these questions, I swear. Um, the Monopoly one, I highly suggest playing that. And, like, my, what my friends and I do is if anytime anybody says, like, uh, a dollar, or dollars instead of you know stags or, or, or whatever um, they have to put uh, whatever the low I can't remember what the lowest denomination is in their monopoly game but they have to put like one of those in the pot so it turns into it turns into some real fun then I've, I've played the risk game too and that's a lot of fun uh, each faction has like different um, you know like abilities and it really changes the game up and it's a, I enjoy it better than the re real version of risk. Okay, so other works of George R. R. Martin. Has anyone uh, been a fan of George before Ice and Fire? Yeah, you're, you, you, you're all the way back to uh, wildcard stuff, right? John? Uh, my first time I read a George R. R. Martin story was in 1978. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a big fan of uh, the wild cards and, and the Havilland Tough stories, which uh, are about genetic engineering. Um, yeah, he's writing about genetic engineering. Yeah, genetic engineering things in the 70s, right? He was writing that that early, like he had a lot of foresight there. And, 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 and that's collected, it's three novellas and into one book, and it's really worthwhile. Well, every subject he goes to, I mean, he the point is he didn't become a great writer out of nowhere. He's been writing for decades in various, you know, vampires, were werewolves, whatever. Like, whatever he touches, he does good work on, and it's there. Yeah, I've read a, maybe half a dozen of his other works, and I really enjoyed everything. I, they're very thought-provoking. And then and there's uh, The Pear-Shaped Man is one of his horror works, and it's about a guy who's shaped like a pear. It's actually really scary. So it's like the, there's cheap cheese puffs. He makes cheese puffs really scary. Like, uh, <laughs> you'll never look, or cheese doodles. You'll never look at cheese doodles. He was always, he's always, this, this pear-shaped guy is always offering cheese doodles to people, and so he wants to show them his thing. So you'll see, it's, it's really creepy. <laughs> uh, second Kind of Loneliness uh, is also a really good work. It's from George's youth. It's, he has several of those, 
these short story works, like he really draws on from his own experiences. Sam Kings, Sam yeah. Kings is yeah, really scary. <laughs> Good as well. There's also a Outer's Limit adaptations of it, but they really changed it quite a bit. I like I like the original Sam Kings better, but maybe we'll get more adaptations of it. We'll see. Okay, and there's the Ice Dragon, but it's not in the same world. Okay, that's just marketing, whatever. It's just some other world. But concepts in these earlier works appear later. Names and that kind of themes will appear in the actual work. Okay, we'll talk about Ice and Firecon. You wanna? Uh, we, yeah. I mean, we don't have to talk about it for a long time, yeah. but. Um, Ice and Firecon, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm the creator and organizer for Ice and Firecon. Ashley is uh, on our small council, actually, and Amin is um, one of our fan and fave guests. We have like podcasters and webcasters and stuff that come. Uh, actually, next year we've got um, David J. Peterson, the, the guy who created the language, the Dothraki and Valerian yeah. show coming, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, we're, we are, I think, um, and I don't remember who said it, it was, it was several years ago, someone called us. Uh, it's like it's like summer camp for Game of Thrones fans. Uh, it's it's not in the summer. It's in April in Ohio, so it's not very hot. But uh, it's basically just a weekend where we go out to a lodge that's about 40 minutes from uh, Columbus, Ohio, and uh, it's you know panels and we have like a LARP tournament that's really funny and fun. And I think there's. Is there a picture? Oh yeah, the, the, the corner over here, um, this is from our tournament. We have a very large fray faction. It's pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, so, and, and we have a board game tournament every year. Uh, and I don't know, it's, it's just, it's, it's basically like several hundred fans, you know, getting together and, and getting to know each other. Because um, it's, it's not about meeting, you know, famous people or, uh, you know, yeah, merchandise or anything like that. It's, it's really just uh, hanging out, partying, and talking, and some really great costumes. Um, and people get really obscure there yes. because they can, and yeah. people will get it. Well, you just, you just you can strike up conversations with people over lunch, whatever, Azora High, or whatever, like any yeah. subject, and they just know, they get it, right? You can talk about whatever yeah. you want to. And, and we, yeah. yeah, so we have a lot of other, and just fun events that you're not going to get anywhere else. Um, the past two years we had, we hosted uh, Westeros, an American musical, which is, uh, Song of Ice and Fire uh, story set to like set over Ham music from Hamilton. Um, so if you haven't heard of it and you like Hamilton, uh, Google it because it the, 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 the book, the lyrics are um, they were written by a good friend of mine and they're 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 very amazing. <laughs> All right, we've got we've got one minute left, so we'll, again we'll do our final plug here. So we have podcast Spice and Fire. It's 11 years now. Now we've been podcasting so long that I forgot. It's 11. It's 11 years. Uh, we we have the longest running reread of the books. I think that's going on for about eight years. We also have Bass as a King's Grave, which is like everything else, anime and uh, games, but but from an Ice and Fire perspective. So we, <laughs> we and then Vassals of King's Grave is for anyone out there, like any fan or listener of the podcast joins into that. So we have people from various continents, like over the world, doing Vassals. It's like a community radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. We is have, a way we have a bunch of Vassals of King's yeah. Grave. People do um, some panels of Ice and Fire yeah. this year. They were great. So thank you everyone for coming to our panel. Thank you guys. Have a great summer, by the way.